and bees podcast this is your host sue johnson cranky feminist and professional nosy person and i have a very dear colleague and someone i admire very very much total badass miss honey fox hi how are you good (laughs) so the best thing about you is that you are a go-getter we had the pandemic start up and you miss fox said, you know what? Everything's so fucked up. I'm going to start something. I'm going to do something about all the fucked up shit that is happening right now. Mm-hmm. So you are the uh, founder of Community. Wait, no, I'm going to get the name wrong. Community Matters, Inc. Community Matters. I almost said Community Cares. So it's like, no, <laughs> that is, I don't know if you're aware of this, that is the HMO that's taking over all of upstate New York. Like, really? I did not know that. Oh my God. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> another racist bullshit system that needs to be taken apart. Great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have so many on my plate as there is. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what, what just, what, I, I know, obviously, there was a lot of things that we need to fix about upstate New York. Um, but what was finally clicked in your head that said, I need, I'm actually have to do something, physically do something, create something so that we can sort of, well, not put the bandaid on, but like start talking about things and actually doing shit. What, right. what's so, exciting? So when I decided it, I saw that beginning of the pandemic, you know, I was seeing a lot of aid in. Um, on non-urban communities, the suburbs, you know, outskirts of Albany, that where people basically have money, um, mm-hmm. and the urban communities were lacking on um, support, um, and a lot of things that basically the other communities were getting, and we were just like, oh, we'll throw them to the side. Um, we're still thrown to the side, even though now, I mean, oh yeah, personally. So you know, I was like, no, fuck that. We're gonna give back to our community. You know what I mean? And a lot of people were just like, well, how do you think it's going to work? Like, you know, because Community Matters right now doesn't have funding. And I said, trust, we got us. Um, when we first started, um, when I tell you the volunteers, the donations of hygiene products, um, getting the bags together um, mm. and everything like that, we had so many donations of like rakes and shovels and bags and gloves for people to use. So when we did the community cleanups. Um, it's still awesome. Like I still have stuff to this day that we will have be doing. This is actually this is gonna be our third year, um, <laughs> which I'm very proud of. Um, that we wow. still have enough donations to keep us going for our summer resource walks, um, and you know, literacy in the winter for our hats and gloves resources for our homeless community. You know, and I had a lot of people from the outskirts and suburbs like, oh well, they don't do that for us, but. <laughs> I'm sorry, do you live in these urban areas? Do you live where kids are playing around shit that they don't need to? Are you living where kids, parents don't have enough to get hats and gloves because they're too busy trying to put food on the table? No, you're not. Um, And our community needed that. And our community needed to speak out against it and make other people understand this is what happens to us. And it's not just in Albany, it's in Schenectady, Troy, Saratoga. Um, It's everywhere around the capital district and in you know, everywhere, you know, Vermont, wherever the case may be. 
Um, of course, the only thing I can do is about our state, <laughs> but you know, at least the upstate New York. Uh, but we do have sister networks in New York City and as well as North Carolina. I think a lot of times people get the not in my backyard response. Mm -hmm. Well, are are you willing to go into inner cities and like actually pick up, you know, broken bottles and, and stuff? Because kids have to play there. Are, are you going to go to protests and hand out water bottles? And make right. sure that people are safe, because if not, then you can go back to the suburbs. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't believe people were giving you flack on this. Yeah, they actually are. It's because of the simple fact is that, you know, when COVID first happened and everything with the BLM movement happened, you know, mm -hmm. oh, we had support from everywhere. And here sure. we are, to be honest, two years later, and we lack support now. What happened? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, it's like a whole trend, basically. Um, but the people who stuck with Community Matters and actually care about Community Matters and where we're going, they were the really, really, excuse me, people that stuck around. Um, and I'm grateful and I'm appreciative of that because, you know, especially uh, with one of the ladies I know, she works at Goodwill's distribution centers. I was getting bags of like hats, gloves, and scarves every week of stuff for the community, which was great for me, you know, especially yeah. during our winter, especially during Little City for the winter, you know, constantly has gloves and, and everything was put out in Washington Park, Morton Avenue Park, downtown Albany, everywhere that we could think of, we went to. Um, and especially when it comes to, you know, people don't understand that in our urban areas, we're already dealing with a lot of mental health, you know, and then so this just puts more mental health perspectives on people with the kids being out of school and parents being out of work, you know, it's not like we're like, oh, we could just use our trust fund, honey. No, we can't, you know, so it also puts a lot more pressure on parents in our urban communities and what can they do? They can't do anything, you know, and the mental health aspect of it is just it's shot the shit, be honest. We don't even have enough mental health providers. Like people have to wait 90 days just to get a mental health provider, especially for our urban communities. Like that doesn't even make no sense. Okay. Uh, um, I, I've had patients to be like, I really, I, I didn't realize that my mental health got so bad, but like I've been alone for X amount of time or uh, I have to find a new job or just a lot of stress from the mm -hmm. pandemic. And I actually, <laughs> I'll say the name because I don't care. I called up Samaritan and the first words out of their mouth was don't even bother. We're at capacity. Right. Right. Okay. But I mean, I got people who are like suicide risk, or, right. or yeah. I, and I, they say, I, "Oh, contact the Department of Mental Health," or "Oh, contact crisis oh, unit." And I'm like, uh, as a person, me as a person, me living with mental health, I'm like, mm -hmm. "Are you serious?" Like, so this is what you do with other people when they don't even have a provider. And thank God, I was lucky enough to have a provider. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, you're telling me, oh, call this place, call this place. You know, I had a friend that was going through a crisis, sent mm. him to the smear, and I'm like, maybe that's, you know, they were like, I can't even get in there. Like, I can't get anywhere to get mental health. And they didn't qualify for four wins or whatever. How do you not? We're not going to go for that. But it's just like, you know, now all of a sudden you need all these qualifications to just be in one place. But I thought mental health was mental health regardless of what it was because of the simple fact is that if it doesn't get done now it could get worse that's why we do suicide prevention plans and all this other stuff yep what do you mean like it doesn't make sense you know but now since everybody's at capacity or whatever they're like look if you're if you didn't try it 
we're not doing shit about it. That's basically what it is. Yeah. And, and, um, and you know, as well as I do working in, um, urban populations, underserved communities that mm -hmm. if you call the crisis line, all that's going to do is have the police show up. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't know if they lost funding. I don't know if they don't have enough people where I'm not sure what the deal is, but mobile crisis. I know what it is. <laughs> what is what's the secret? Why so don't here's the thing. Um, <laughs> it's because, all right. I know they started a project. I think it was up in Mechanicville or it was somewhere around Mechanicville. I, I could be wrong, but where instead of calling when mobile crisis or when you dispatch police, let them know that somebody's having a mental health situation, they would actually bring out a caseworker or give you a number for a right. caseworker that can help calm the person down. We don't have that in Albany. We don't have that. Kathy Sheehan talked about having a, a, some type of funds for that. Where are they? Oh, I'm sorry, they're being put in the parks because of some of factors. Don't get me wrong. I feel in urban areas, yes, parks should be updated, but I'm sorry, sure. we've been filling a hole that's been there for years called the bowl. Now you want to fill it. Now you're doing outside theaters places. Now you're now you want to do all this creativity, but only with parks. We can't even get the potholes together. Oh, oh no, forget it. Well, if you want to drive through, I don't, I don't park, you're going to lose What about our communities? What about our communities? Other places are doing this, and it's working so well. Working so mm -hmm. well, and other states are doing this, and it's working so well. For instance, the 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 boy that got shot seven times by two police officers and he had mental health, where was mobile crisis then? And the cops oh. were told, the cops were told that he had mental health. That sweet little boy that played the violin. No, uh, this one was over by, uh, oh God, it was over by, what is that? It's on the same, new uh, Holland and, um, Oh. Holland, Holland Avenue by that, that mobile station. Um, yeah, Holland, I know where you're a little about. bit further up from Albany Med. It's Holland and uh, oh my God, why can't I think of the name of the street? Um, but it was actually in a more, I would say personally, more over urbanized area. Um, because that's where he was. Um, but he originally lived around like where the Stewart's is down by Albany Med, a little further up, like the dinner and stuff. But he was up there walking yeah. his dog. And they were looking for a suspect with a gun. With a gun because they got called for a suspect with a gun. So this this boy had a knife, not a gun, walking his dog. It's 12 o'clock at night. I mean, what person wouldn't earn themselves at 12 o'clock at night in Albany these days? Yeah. Come on, are you serious? So they wind up finding him instead of the person with the gun, harassing this boy. And, you know, people, they, um, the police were called because he has mental health. The police were called beforehand, like not even like a couple days beforehand. For, for him, and the police knew he had a mental health issue. They left that alone. At this time, I guess these guys, these police officers didn't look into the last call or whatever. They didn't even think of anything about this person maybe having mental health. And they said that he tried to come forward to them with the knife or whatever, try to stick the dog on him, so, all this stuff. Yeah, look at how so serious. And they shot him seven times, seven times. They didn't try to taser the boy because at the first side of the, the the video you can see is enough to taser. Oh, tasers can't go through coats. What? That's a bunch of bullshit. I'm like, so at the end of the day, okay, if tasers don't go to coats, you could have tased them in his legs. I don't know. You could have tasered him somewhere. Are you serious? And I was gonna say, don't I thought shooting a warning shot was not supposed to kill someone. It was just supposed to be like, okay, it's you're not being supposed aggressive. to shoot to kill. I got told uh, by so many people. 
I had so much shit because I, I New Channel 13 put up the, the details of everything. And I was like, mm-hmm. so I thought cops weren't supposed to shoot to kill. Oh, so somebody's not- coming after you. Oh, yes, you have the right to shoot to kill. That is not true. I'm sorry. I was in ROTC. Okay, I was in the, I was going into the military and I was told your first shot is never to shoot to kill shot. The first yeah. shot is supposed to disable. Disable. Right. And you don't need a gun to do that. You do not. My whole thing is, is that if this boy was not even in, in range of you, if he was not charging at you with this knife, and even if he was seven shots though, seven shots. That's they unnecessary. Found, they found these police officers not guilty. And then the boy is in custody on his bed in ICU at the time with no bail and you have him handcuffed to a bed. You have him in custody. Okay. Now the story is coming back to me because I remember that. I was like, the, the guy doesn't even have any dignity while he's recovering from gunshot wounds in the hospital. Yeah. You're going to handcuff him to a bed and he didn't even do anything wrong. Huh. No. And it wasn't even him that they know. were looking for. That's the bullshit thing is that they were... Com- they got the wrong guy. And uh, yes. And the 911 call says a, a man with a, a rifle, not or, or with a, a, a gun, not with a, a knife. A dog and a knife. Right. Like, what crazy person is going to be walking their dog at midnight? <laughs> and then, like, that's the, like, oh what? My God. Like, and then oh the, the, the boy is less like, and he had mental health. You know, did you check into the recent calls? You know what I mean? Did you, he has a mental health. So with those like that, now I know they have like in their little system, whatever, you know, re, the, all like if you took, whatever, you bring somebody's shit up or whatever, you can see all their stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my whole thing is if this person is known even by the beat cops that he has mental health, why is that not anywhere in the system then? Why is that haven't been documented? Or even the last call, it doesn't say anything about mental health. But then when you first I find out her may have, and then when you see that this person may have mental health, the first thing you do is shoot the kill. Right. And oh. probably you were yelling and screaming at him too. Right. And then I'm the sorry, was disordered, I said. Right. Exactly. I would be scared too. I'm sorry. If police pull up on me and I know I ain't doing nothing wrong. And I'm I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like I'm gonna have I'm I'm gonna have like, you know, anxiety about it. You know what I mean? Imagine yeah. somebody with mental health having anxiety and, and all this other stuff. You know, may traumatized by police presence. Yeah, mm. it, it, it's ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous to the point where it's just like, come on, are you serious? Like, you know what I mean? And this man, right, where is he going when he shot seven times and he's in the ICU and he just, he's trying to stay on to life. Yeah. For a wrong call. <laughs> I, I have friends uh, that are on the, um, and I can't think of the exact name of the organization, but um, the group, the freelance group that gets together that um, works on issues with the police department. Oh, is it through uh, the uh, CRPB? Justice Center. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, you know Ivy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I just, I, I've been catching up on like local stuff and I was like, what is the chief of police doing? Like they brought this guy in, I believe from what, St. Louis, he's from the Midwest and he's used to urban populations. And yet the crime rate in the city of Albany is just fucking bananas right now. Like, what are you, are you listening? Are you doing your job? Like, I, I, 
Are you like, trying to know that every day at like five o'clock to have a hot meal with your wife? I don't know. What do what you? Oh, God, do you have so any much. insight? Yes. So here it is. The the union, right? You know, the union chief, whatever. The, I forgot his fucking name. Whatever his name is, right? I don't remember he's his name either. He's a piece of shit, though. <laughs> right. So basically, you got the puppet, which is which is Chief Hawkins, and then you got the Hawkins. union chief, whatever, whatever the hell his name is. I'm sorry. Um, And then you got Kathy Sheehan. So he's like the middle guy into all right. this shit. So basically, it's like, look, black man, if you don't do what we say, and you don't be our puppet, come on. The only reason why they put a black man into a position like that so that it would, it would, it would look it good, kind of, it would look good, and it would look yeah. like, okay, there's a black man doing this. But when he's a puppet, you could tell he's a puppet. You could tell he's a whole fucking puppet. Because the whole thing is that what Kathy Sheehan says about police brutality, when she even said that we were like insurrectionists from the uh, January 6th um, thing that happened in Washington, you know, when she called activists and leaders insurrectionists, mm -hmm. and then basically you got this chief of the union or whatever, the police union saying the damn same thing, except not too many words as of. Oh yeah, Come they on. tell them what to do and what to say. I mean, oh yeah of course it's all like it's just performative like hey we got a black guy in charge of the police now and the only reason why he came over <laughs> here is because he couldn't he didn't want to be there no more where he was because it was too much for him so why would you come to albany i mean damn near yeah. albany's 20 minutes long each way until you're in another <laughs> damn time like <laughs> you thought since it was smaller it was going to be better no it's just more densely concentrated <laughs> we're in upstate new york we're not that far from johnstown new york where there's a bunch of white racist people walking the streets and even where mm -hmm. even when a suny college is and the black people don't even go to that suny college because the supermarket the gas station and the police station is all in one and they get they get um uh they get oh god they get like uh when they walked around they get stalked when they go into stores mm -hmm. and stuff like that because oh black people steal I had a friend that went to um, SUNY Johnstown and did not want to go back there ever again in her life. She didn't even want to go back to that damn town ever again in her life. It was so much of a hard experience. And many black children that are trying to learn have that same experience. And yeah. this is the things that they don't talk about. So living in upstate New York, and this is what we have to deal, deal with in Albany, white supremacy, white nationalists, white conservatives, all this stuff we have to deal with. And they're like, oh, just put a couple black people out there, put a Black Lives Matter sign on the streets. You know, let them know that we care. That Black Lives Matter sign didn't last, what, 90 days? Not even. Right. And the Black Lives Matter painting on Lark Street was vandalized. Oh, yeah, and it was vandalized. And then the whole thing is, I'm sorry, but you got a, a black organization that's, you know, supposed to help black people and whatever the case may be, help you with it. But yet the painting even the paint ain't even that good. Like you couldn't put the the same type of paint or substance that you do with the um lines. the barrier lines, the barrier lines, yeah. whatever the yellow lines. You couldn't that do that. Close in the dark, <laughs> right? <laughs> you say you couldn't even give us that much respect. Like, come on, it, it's ridiculous in upstate New York. And you know, I would be honest with you before everything, um, before we started to stand up more, I knew about the issues, but it was like I felt like if I started to People would come at me. And when I did start joining the Black Lives Matter um, here in Albany, um, I would say group because we're not, you know, we're not the originators of Black Lives Matter. 
Um, right. Listen, we got threats from the KKK. We got threats from white supremacists. We almost got killed by a truck in Gilderland, New York. Um, yes, all types of stuff. That. All that types of stuff. Um, and you would never think that there were so many people that were walking around just in our day to day. I even got looked at in Walmart by this white man that was sitting here. He was going by and my cart was like kind of in the middle aisle by mistake. And I usually try to push it to the side. I guess it was still over there. He hit my cart. He hit my cart. And I was like, excuse you. I could have just moved in. He looked at me. And he was like, fuck you, nigger. And that was that. Yes. So as, <laughs> as, as things go on, you know what I mean? Especially when Trump was in place, this mm. is what we had to deal with in Albany, New York, and probably most Amsterdam probably too, and other places, probably in, in upstate New York. Because that's what yeah. Ain't nobody dealing with that shit in New York City. <laughs> no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these are the things but that But there are racist and other, there's other racist situations happening in the city, other systems in place that definitely let you know that, the white guy comes first. Right. And this is what we have, you know, like the, this is what we get. Like people say like, oh, we just had to revise it. No, dismantle no. and transform. Dismantle so, and transform. I, I'm similar to you in that I've talked to a lot of people on this show that do activism and they're like, oh, no, if you get inside, you can dismantle it. I'm not a patient person. I'm more like, let's blow everything up. Right. Start from fresh, right? Right. <laughs> and it's all about it's all about raising your voice. It, it's mm. it's it's literally a working line. And granted, even if that working line does not go, it's on paper that we did this. You know what I mean? And it sucks for us, but this is the truth. You know what I mean? We're yeah. not gonna get too far because of legislative because of people that really don't give a fuck about us. When I hit up my own legislative woman that is supposed to be a black woman that is my legislator for my district. Um, do you think I got an email or a call back? No. Um, so you didn't this, even get like a standard, like we received your information, Ms. Fox. Thank you very much. Nothing. 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 So the thing is, is that, yes, we rally protests and then we, places like, I can say this though, places like Welcome New York also help with legislative and making sure that we were heard. And then, you know, you get, then you get the result. The result, where? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they gave us some stuff, you know what I mean? That vocal New York sure. and, and places like Citizens Action helped with, with the legalization of marijuana and certain things. But when it came to the bigger attributes, nothing. You know what I mean? We're still fighting for that. We're still fighting for this. And they were fighting for 15 plus years just to get um, weed legalized that's been mm -hmm. happening in, uh, in New York State, or not New York State, other states around New York State for years. Colorado, they were the first ones, and I think they've been legalized weed for at least 10 years now. At least. Yeah. And they, they have so much money, they don't even know what to do with it. Right, exactly. And granted, yes, the taxation, but but this, but New York is like, well, we're already broke, so, I mean, we're going to take out more taxes than you you ever could believe. You know what I mean? Why? And it's like, That's so backwards. <laughs> listen, we're broke. We're broke, right? But... The feds just gave Mayor Kathy Sheehan 86 million towards the COVID relief uh, fund package. You know what she did? She said, oh, we owe construction companies. Okay, if you had local construction companies, like our unions, our black, brown, and brown people unions that are literally right around the corner from you, from, from you, you know, and said, hey, guys, I have a project. You guys want to do this? 
Oh no, they they want too much. Okay, how do they want too much when they're right here in Albany? You rather go to somebody that's damn near out in Vermont or damn near what? out somewhere else. Pay them for lugging the stuff. Pay them for for hotels and and sleeping here. Holy shit! Yes, and then say we owe them money. She said, "Well, that's where most of the money went." And then we have projects like the 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 uh the parks projects, and we're we're trying to do this project. I got a call about um, a grant that they were giving out through something that was made up through Kathy Sheehan's office maybe a couple months ago. And, you know, they were like, well, we can only give out maybe $500 to $1,000, you know, because that's all the grant allows to certain organizations. And mm-hmm. I had it, and somebody put me onto it, um, or somebody put them onto me. I had an interview and I heard nothing back. Like, mm-hmm. these are grassroots organizations that are not getting any help. I mean, but at the end of the day, a lot of our grassroots organizations, if we we tried it, you know, what I mean, we did try, but then when the money stopped, stopped when we couldn't get enough money up, because it's not easy to start an organization, oh, no. especially nonprofit. I tell people now, listen, if I didn't have the money, then I'm still working on getting my my little card, my little three hundred one C, uh, you know, my little um, what you call it? The, the uh, I can't think of it card. either. Yeah, the nonprofit yeah. card. And I'm not trying to get my 301c4. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get all these things. And I've already paid in $2,000. Oh, my God. Just for a nonprofit startup organization. And it's like, I can't even get the things that I even need. And this was just to get it, get it registered with the state, with the feds, mm-hmm. with the city of Albany, get the name. All that stuff I had to do. And I, I still can't complete it because I don't have enough money. Oh, so I don't understand. So I will say this. I don't care who hears it. I used to work for Equinox Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that uh, I would never work there again for lots (laughs) of reasons that I won't get into. But (laughs) weird and that just made me, my heart break so much was that that organization was started by a bunch of black and brown women in Mm -hmm. Albany who had Mm -hmm. it with domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And they got together with a bunch of rich hippies who had money. Right. Yeah. There was no animosity. They all worked together. They all volunteered. They set up a hotline. They found mm-hmm. cheap, a cheap place to put up a, a shelter. And and if no, okay, so that was 1969, so 52 years ago. Right. And now, and now it's like, what are you doing? You're saying no to people because they have a mental health problem. Uh, and and you can't get them counseling, or they don't. There's no psychiatrist available, or um, there's only two people running an outpatient substance use group for 50, mm. for like 25 folks. How is that safe? Right, just turning people over because they are mandated by the court. You're not. In- they lost the domestic violence housing that they used to have on First Street. That's run by St. Anne's now. Yes, yeah, they tanked that for some reason. Mm. So I, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me, like to try to run a non-for-profit like a Fortune 500, mm-hmm. when you <laughs> started with no help from anybody other than an mm-hmm. idea, like, "Hey, I want to do this," mm-hmm. and you can't get it off the ground because money. Money. That should never be in the way of a non-for-profit. I don't. That's, and that's that, why we have know, a capitalist like, society, too, right? <laughs> right. And like, so you know that we 
if I mean, you know, and a lot of people in Albany have seen us everywhere throughout the summers and in the winters, you know what I mean? As far mm -hmm. as little the city, you know, we can't do much in the winter because it's so freezing cold and up in New York. So that's right. why we made sure we had little the city where the community can help back into the community. Everything from community matters is from the community back to the community. You know, I mean, most of the stuff is never paid for. The only thing I really had to pay for was like maybe bags or something like that, just to make sure that we had stuff to make sure we could put the, the, the stuff for people in. But other than that, no, like we, grassroots organizations do not have help, you know, but yet all these other places that are hardly doing nothing to help the community have all the help in the world. But yeah, at the end of the day, they have grants that they have to abide by. You have to have this many, this many, this many. Yeah. This is the problem that we have. You're telling me in order to get your money, I got to do this, this, and this, and this, and then print your name on here and then say this white man said this. Right. Or the other, the other option is, is that you get monies from corporations. Right. Because they're looking to get tax rebates. They're looking to offshoot their surplus mm -hmm. um, profits. And it's like, do you go to bed with the devil? Like, right. there's usually no strings attached, but then it's like, where did the money come from? On right. whose back did those profits come from? Us, of course. And that's the thing. I can't get it off because <sighs> I won't go to bed with the devil because the community is the community. Why should the we're trying to get out of our chains still in this yeah. the community, in the urban community, black, brown, white, whatever. You know, what I mean, you look at our urban community, there's so many different colors, it's ridiculous. But at the end of the day, like I tell people all the time, yes, we're all chained to this capitalism that is in Albany in order to get help, in order to do whatever the case may be, we are all changed. Of course, Black Lives Matter for the simple fact and black and brown, uh, you know, I mean, in the BIPOC community, because at the end of the day, we go through more. But at the end of the day, when you look at our urban areas, it is everybody that goes through the same shit. And it's for no reason. It's for no reason. There's no reason why our urban areas cannot look clean. Like the, the or, or excuse me, Jesus, like the suburbs and all that other stuff. There's no reason why those kids have so much more than we have. You know what I mean? If we walk out our doors and actually be like, oh my God, like who would want to mess up something so beautiful if we're ever given something so beautiful? Yeah. When you live in the city proper, you're paying the most amount of taxes than a homeowner in, say, Gilderland, for example. Mm -hmm. But Gilderland schools, like their libraries, their their fire departments, and this isn't to like to shit on Gilderland, but you can see where their money goes into. Mm -hmm. So why are we paying more if you're a homeowner in the city of Albany and you get less for it? Right. Yeah. You know they always. So I live in Schenectady, and, mm -hmm. and <laughs> every time the article comes out, I want to say it's like around like. Uh, July or August to like graduation rates mm -hmm. and Schenectady is always like near the bottom. I'm like, because there's no fucking money. Right. Nobody wants to put any money back into the Schenectady high school. They can't, you know, maybe that I'm not saying that parents don't care, but mm -hmm. you know, there's a large amount of homeless youth in Schenectady. There's yes. a lot of single moms. Like, of course they don't have time to, to like, be part of their child's education. They have a lot of other more serious things. Right. You know what I'm saying. Just I, I'm not... No, it's not that they don't care, but they have to worry about paying food on the table. They have to worry about their own mental health, their children's mental health. They have to worry about what their children get bullied about in school because of social statistics. You know, there's so 
much more that goes on in this life that there was that there wasn't in the 1990s 1980s 1970s you know we as soon as we got into like the 2000s it was like everybody was more into social statistics and social dynamics mm -hmm. that now our kids are like the brunt of that oh, you yeah. know what i mean and it you know granted they say like oh we have a no bullying policy well actually who's enforcing it Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, a mother that's at home and she's trying to talk to her child about the day, their child's scared to say, but mommy, you know, I get bullied because of my shoes because they know how much the mother works hard to just put food on the table. What child would want to say that to the mother that they know is already trying their best to do for them? What child? You know, and that's the thing. And, you know, I mean, and these are the things that's happening. You know, the social dynamic of actually a community is is mostly gone. You know, yeah. and I started Community Matters that with just my couple blocks that's around me, making sure that the elderly had their, their snow removal, making sure that, you know, we talked mm -hmm. to each other, see how everything was going. And then I wanted to expand for the simple fact is that it's not just my area, though, you know, so trying to help, trying to do that and then trying. It, it's hard. It's hard. But we had more volunteers and more help at the beginning of BLM than we do now. You know, and literally it's only just me and one other person on my leadership because a lot of people are just, they're stressed out, you know, plus the health conditions that they now have, you know, mm -hmm. from COVID, from, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like basically, you know, like everybody was out of work during the beginning of COVID, you know what I mean? And we could do a lot of more things, you know? Right. Whereas yeah. now, of course we're working, you know what I'm saying? But now we don't have time for even our damn selves. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a lot right now for some people. So I don't blame a lot of people. But at the end of the day, this was a time where I, 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 I'm going to say it, other community organizations that do get funding, you know what I mean? Or even our churches or whatever the case may be, could help us in our communities because these are places of our communities. You know, they could help too, but they choose I'm to sit on the back line. I was kind of surprised that the religious community hasn't aligned themselves more with, with grassroots organizations like community. You know why? You know no, why? Because they're dealing they're dealing with more of people's mental health crisis. Mm. People go to church because they don't know what to do, and then they they go there to make themselves, you know, what I mean, feel like you know, okay, I can do this with people that believe in religious stuff. You know what I mean? Um, okay, I can, you know, at least this these these people can help me feel a lot. A lot of these ministers and pastors in our urban communities are dealing with more mental health people than we know. Yeah, and it's saddening because now they're taking over the roles that were supposed to be provided by the community mm. and they don't even have a certificate most of the time. None of that. And no. what, do, what do you do about somebody that is spiritually broken? Literally, you know, like you, you gotta help them somehow, you know, and, and, and I, I hate to say that, but it's the truth. I talked to like, like, you know, pastors around my areas and, and other areas that they're like, we're, we're dealing with our broken society right now. We're dealing with our, our ones that have mental health. We're dealing with the ones that are homeless. We're dealing with the ones that need food and shelter. We're doing, there's more pantries out here by, like by, um, that are run by churches now for the summer. Oh, yeah. Nobody has food. Nobody has food right now. So, okay, you're yeah. doing food stands. Want to pack a chicken, a, a, a party bag. I want to go get some party wings. Okay. Oh, there's a wing shortage. There's a wing shortage, and then the cost of food food is ridiculous. The cost of milk is up to five dollars. I ain't never seen the cost of milk up to five dollars in my whole lifetime. I remember when a, the cost of milk was like you can get a half gallon for ninety nine cents and a full gallon yep. for two dollars. At Stewart's. Stewart's. 
remember that. Exactly. <laughs> I, like, that actually happened at Whole Foods, actually. I was there last week, just picking up a few things, you know, nothing serious. Mm-hmm. And a gentleman in front of me, he was black, and mm-hmm. um, he had food stamps, and apparently what he wanted to buy was it, I don't know what the commotion was, but the <laughs> it was this old lady, probably a retiree. She probably worked okay. like 15 hours a week. She's like, I'm sorry, I can't sell you this stuff. I I think he might have had some anxiety because right. his first reaction was to like turn into the Hulk. And he was like, you don't give a fuck. She's like, I'm just following the rules. And he's like, yeah, well, you can take your rules and shove them up your ass. Oh. It's like, he ended up leaving the store with no food. I was just like, I do. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> and it, and it's crazy oh, because oh, people oh. want to eat eat better or whatever the case may be. And like, but the thing is, is that even the food stamps that they do give people is not covering anything right now. No. I mean, as a single person, I couldn't get food stamps if I was, you know, there was a time where I was in a mental health crisis and I couldn't even get food stamps, and they told me that I had to pay them back. BSS oh. um, told me I had to pay them back for the money that they put out for me because I was going through a mental health crisis. I, I love that when my check, but my check, what is on my check? You take out money from me. And granted, it's to help communities, okay, but also to help people like me. Are you serious? And then you're telling me I gotta pay you back once I get back on my feet, once I get um, mentally stable? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. I call DSS Satan's asshole. That's my nickname right. for it. Yes. Because you know <laughs> what? You look from what it, it used to be until now, it's just, it's it's not even what it was originally for. No. No, and, and um, they have not changed their uh, assistance program since 1972. And I'm not saying that is an exaggeration. That is an actual. That's the truth. That's the truth. That is the truth. Yeah, it's a lot. So it's a lot. <laughs> well, why don't we why don't we switch topics then? <laughs> How did you end up in? Because you're from the city. How did you end up in Albany? So, um, to be honest with you, I grew I grew up mostly up here in my childhood, and then oh. um, wind up. Yeah. So I've been back and forth since I was a kid. You know. Um. You know, it, it was to I mean, my my childhood while I was going back and forth. So like. I stayed up here till like when I was eight, and then I went down to the city till I was like maybe I don't know fourteen, fifteen. Came back up here until I was like sixteen, seventeen. No, yeah, sixteen, seventeen. Then moved back down when I was like eighteen, twenty-one. You know, in mean? my life, to be honest with you, my life as a kid, I didn't have teenage years. You know, what I mean, there was no thing mm-hmm. as teenage years at that time. So I was literally back and forth, back and forth. Um, I started actually my activism activism in the Bronx Community Center down there. Um, they had a magazine called Vogue. Um, which basically talked about um, things that were going on in in South Bronx, you know, things that needed to be talked about, you know, the LGBTQIA plus community. I was one of the editors and I also had a column in that magazine. Um, Then we can, I could Google that and see what you read. Yeah, it's Vogue, it's Vogue. Oh my God, how long ago was that, Sue? I was gonna say it's been over like 10, 11 years. So I think you should be able to. They don't have the magazine no more. Um, actually, the Bronx Community Center is actually really struggling down there. Um, oh. The last time I knew, um, a couple months ago, my friend called me. They said they might be closing their doors if they didn't get oh any government God. grants. Right. And that's the only community community center in South Bronx, literally. And it's right um, on uh, uh, one for Grand Concourse. It's right on 
Yeah. Going right, it's right going towards the Grand Concourse. That's the only community center that is right there in that community for that community. Um, so it, it was hard. And um, when I came back up here, because my mom got sick, I started mm-hmm. working with NO Voices. Um, I stopped working there for my for for my own reasons. Um, but mm-hmm. I worked with so many organizations around here, and I was like, you know what? I was like. I feel like personally, I'm. I feel like I'm being used for my capacity. I need to do something more within community. I need to start my own community organization, and that's what I did. And did I expect it to go like flying like it did? No, we didn't expect that at all. We were so busy. We, it was crazy. We were so busy, but we were so excited, you know. And it was like, who would yeah. think that community matters would go just as soon as people heard that? Boom! It was like I was like, oh my god, wait what's going on, you know? And it was because of yeah. those factors that we were the only one that were really feet on the ground that was willing to help mm-hmm. go door to door, help bring the community together, help try to, to mend things that were broken, help our elderly. And it's sad because most of our elderly, Sue, they don't even know what to do. They're like, I can't no. call here, I don't call here, I can't get an aid for this, I can't get an aid for that. They're telling me I can't do this because I have Medicare. Da-da-da. And Medicare was here to help our elderly and Medicare is just like, no, we're not giving you nobody. You can walk five, you can walk to the store that's literally right there. You can, you could do this, you know, and people don't even want to walk to the the store that's at the corner because they're in pain, but they have to. Or, or forget about if you actually have to go to the federal building in person. <laughs> that they're yeah. even more useless than DSS. Right, exactly. They tell you all the reasons why you can't do this, that, and the third. Listen. And so... We, you know, people between that were born between 1945 and 1965, baby boomers, they make up the largest population right now. And so all those people are age 75 plus now. And we have a huge community of elderly people that, especially in the city of Albany, I see it in Schenectady too. It's like this, this building that you're living in is generations old and it's falling Mm -hmm. apart. And then you and then you have this building across the street they had to sell for cheap and now it's going to be luxury condoms right and that just fucking blows my mind who's going to be able to afford a $1500 loft with nothing included meanwhile even you know, an Albany lady so yeah yeah exactly and you have green condos oh, condos are condos like yeah. this is a condo and i'm like what the hell is going on here like and meanwhile, there's these, well, because I see them at, at my, uh, thank God we do a lot for geriatrics, but like mm-hmm. you can see this little teeny 75-year-old person who's not in great health, you know, just just struggling to make it on their Medicaid. Like they've worked their right. whole lives and maybe they get 800 bucks a month, right? Mm-hmm. Shit, a whole month. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to have to pay $30, 30% of your copay at the pharmacy. Right. So maybe you need five or 10 medications a month. That adds up. Right. And my grandmother, my grandmother is a prime victim of that. My grandmother is like, she needs eloquence. You know what I mean? Now, Lord knows. That's expensive. uh, Who are you telling? (laughs) My grandmother is spending, for a month's worth of eloquence, she's spending $108 a month. And that's just for one medication she's on. And that's for 30 pills? 30 pills. But she has to have them. Now listen to this, so it's twice a day, once in the morning, once a night. And it's per bottle though, 
108 and it's calories name brand. per bottle. Right. You can't get a generic. So you I mean, can't get a generic. Nope. And they said, oh, we have a generic, but the generic doesn't. What, I guess what her doctor did, the generic won't work. I don't know. I mean, personally, I always been told generics are just like the same as the drug, but apparently not in certain cases. That's what they told us too. Right. So, I mean, it's, but none of my grandmother's case, you know what I mean? And like, she gets Medicare and Medicaid because she is older. You know what I mean? She'll be 80 next, next, actually this year. Thank goodness. Um, God but bless her. <laughs> thing is, it's like, right. Like they're struggling. She tries to live off her retirement, you know, her Medicare and stuff oh. like that. And she can't even, granted, she's getting more income from her retirement than she is for anything else. Oh. She's still struggling. And it's like, you know, you can't have a good life. You know, she's like, maybe I should just move into a one bedroom apartment, you know, and give up the house. And I'm like, really? No, like you worked so hard for this house. You serious? Say, she's probably been working since she's what, 18? Yeah. Yep. She, uh, my grandmother was actually, um, she was the, the governor's secretary for, through, wow. see, my grandmother started working in the state when she was 22. She retired when she was 52, 52, wow. 53. So she was the governor's secretary for a long time. No one would, at this time was a good ass job, but not when she was younger. Of course not. Black woman governor secretary yeah and now she can't even like pay for her eloquence which she needs to live right right but yeah we ended up looping back into the dark shit again <laughs> i'm sorry yes but this is the world we live in it's a dark fucked up world we live in too like we are in the darkest timeline um i'm gonna ask you just because um because the first time we actually physically met was that um, in our own voices? Um, oh boy! Let's say last Jesus Christ! Uh, it was even... 2017, um, but I had already talked to you on the phone like a bunch of times before then. Yes, and we didn't even know each other. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, it, it's their health fair that they put on every year, and now I can't even think of the damn name of it. I'm so sorry. Oh my God! Oh, I did forget myself. I'm so sorry. I did forget. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, no, I just remember like um we were talking about sexuality and just I not that it, it's, it's gonna go a little dark, but I do remember you saying that you grew up in a strict religious household and you did have to keep that part of yourself hidden. You couldn't be mm -hmm. out and proud. Mm -hmm. So how how does your family look at that now? Are are they still kind of stuck in the well my my pastor or my Church um, tells my place of worship tells me no, you should not be gay. Well, and that's the biggest problem that I have, right? Places of worship. Um, granted, places of worship are great to the community, but not to our LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and to be honest with you, that was my reasoning for not personally going back to church. But yet, at the end of the day, um, a religious a religious uh, practice that I've been doing for almost. 13 years now is Hinduism um, because they don't really look at you as a per as what you do, but they look at you as who you are a person inside and out. Um, and his, it was a this is just more. the shell and who right. you are is much deeper. <laughs> right. Um, and they believe like everything is a part, you know, of a higher power because you know, we're from, they, they say we're from the ground. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't like to get into all the mushy religious stuff, but um. You know, for me, that's best because I don't get judged on who I am as a person. 
Um, and I can practice my spirituality the way that I want to instead of living, I feel like kind of living like I'm like a five percenter, like, okay, so I'm gay, I can't do this, you know. I'm, I'm like, oh. you know, and to grin and bear it and have to sit there on Sundays and tell her that homosexuality is a sin and it's just like, well, I'm in a dress and I got my legs open, I'm like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And like, I used to get slacked and I had cause you like, like, I'm like, what? I'm you know, so it's just like, you know, growing up in the household and then like now, you know, my mom and dad were okay with it. Um, they were just like, oh, it's gonna be a phase until they realized it wasn't a phase. Like, Whoa. you know, I came out when I was 14, you know what I mean? And I, I was a kid and did I know what I was doing? No, not necessarily. I just knew that I liked girls more than I liked boys, you know? And, and once I started high school, it was like, oh my God, like everybody's holding hands. I'm so happy. Like, you know, I was just that and I felt more. I felt like I could be out more. And I told my parents we were actually in the drive through McDonald's. <laughs> oh, wow. And my mom was just like, she looked back and she was like, it's okay, it's just a phase. So <laughs> now they're more in tune with it. Um, I think the only people that really have a problem with it still are probably like my grandmother that's on my father's side. But now my grandmother um, on my mother's side or my, my grandmother up the street or whatever, um, she's more like, okay, I accept it. I don't understand it, but I will respect you because, you know, you're my granddaughter. First, she was just like, mm, I don't know about this, you know? Um, especially when I brought my first partner around, she was just like, okay, what's their name? You know, and it was just like, <laughs> she didn't know exactly what to do. And like, I kind of felt awkward, you know, and I was just like, all right, I guess I don't bring anybody around anymore. But, you know, they're warming up to it. Um, but, you know, um, with me and my sexuality, you know, I still struggle with society about that, you know. Um, and that's mostly where it is for most of us in the LGBTQI plus community because it's like, if you're black and plus, and plus you're gay, it's a double whammy for you. Um, and, then, and then you can add on all like the other layers of religion and right. what does your body look like? Right. <laughs> and do I sound gay? And right. yeah. what are you considered? Are you a femi or a stud? Like, what are you like? Oh my God. Like, um, I, I, me, like, <laughs> can I label myself a little bit? Can I not have a label for myself? Can I, can I just be me? Like, please. Yeah. you know, like, it's just like, I, it's you can't be the person you are. You're just sunny. Right. <laughs> I'm your life. Right. You know, and it's just like, you know, have I been through rough roads? Have I done this? Yes, because that's the reason why I help I help who I help in my community because people look at me sometimes and like, oh, you probably just have schooling, you're okay. And then I tell them their life and they're like, Ooh. oh shit, you've been on both sides of the train track. Yes, I have, yeah. you know. And sometimes both of the sides of the train track is not good, you know, depending on where you yeah. live. There yeah, you go, exactly. you know, so it's just like, you know, people look at me sometimes and they look at me and they're like, but you, you sound proper. Like, you know, you, you dress well or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, half of this shit I'm got from the Salvation Army for $2. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, growing up was not easy. My mother used to go to Salvation Army just to pick out the good clothes for, for, for school. You know, like, you serious? I didn't have my first pair of Jordans until I was 18 and could I, and I cause I couldn't afford them before then. You know, so it's just like, and then being homosexual at the same time, it's like, how many more 
it's like we're, we're constantly going through it. You know, it's like we're yeah. constantly going through it. And then, you know, here we are with these people in Congress and the Senate that were like, well, can we not pass this gay law? Like, they're trying to take away our gayness. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? We can't be people because you want to go uh, on the same rules that were made back in 18, fucking who knows? You know, <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. You know, it, it, there's just a thing that bothers me too. It's like, so my my father's older. My father was born during World War II. Mm-hmm. And he's been a Republican for a long time. And he recently said to me, he doesn't understand the Republican Party now. Because when he was 18, it was little government. I don't care what you do. This is why I want to do. And I almost felt a little more like libertarian. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want to pay a lot of taxes. We don't need the government doing this, this, and this. However you want to live, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, in the 80s, I feel like around 80, Reagan's second term, so it's like 85, that mm-hmm. they tapped into the Bible Belt, like, oh, our core values align with yours. So then they had this rush of influx of new Republicans. Right. And so they changed into, you have to abide by God's rule. Well, I, I was so never mixed church with state. Never make exactly. church with state. Why are we doing that? Why is this allowed? Like, I don't understand. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's wacko. Right. <laughs> that doesn't sound very intelligent, but I'm we, just like. We couldn't even get people in the Supreme Court because they were mixing church and state, especially this black woman that we just got in here. Thank goodness for her. Proud of her. But, you know, you're telling these people that you even get into the Senate House to represent without i'm just saying whatever because you know like i'm i'm not gonna get into that whole background of that <laughs> but you know oh we can't we do not mix church and state <laughs> what the fuck do you mean we can't you're doing it every day oh you won't pass this policy because it's too gay or whatever this is too black and white or this doesn't fit in where where you feel like it fits in within uh the, you know the house of representatives or whoever you know and it's like you're saying our country cannot mix church and church and state, but we do it every day. I don't, I don't get it. I'm, I'm so confused on life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every once in a while, you'll see like things pop up, like on Reddit or or wherever. Mm-hmm. Like, what should bring back prayer in school? No. <laughs> no. Why? I don't think you should force religion on children. I really don't. I don't think so. I was raised Catholic. I did not have a choice in the matter. I went right. to school from pre kindergarten all the way to eighth grade, and I didn't have a say in that. And I didn't. I what? I was not appreciative of it. Right. So I, I was a raised apostolic Christian, so I get it. Yeah. So I I don't go to church as soon as I turned as soon well not yeah as soon as I turned eighteen I was like I don't need to go to church. Right. I'm sorry. I don't get out of it what you get out of it. Thank you. And right. it's a long time for right. my family to understand. Well, it's just my parents because both right. of my brothers now are atheists. <laughs> Damn, how the world turns. <laughs> but it's like even too when you look into different religions and you see like basically it's it's not the same, but it's all the same same thing. And yes. for them, it goes up to one power, one power regardless, you know. And but this world is so statistical about domination and who this and who. It's just like, yeah. but do you not see the bigger picture? It's the one power regardless of anybody. It's somebody that we know is bigger than us. 
you know, right. and, and if you want to believe that, fine. Like, if you want to believe that, you know, the red ants are spiritual beings, fine. Whatever. You know, I, I personally don't care because it's the simple fact is that I can never choose somebody's life because right. I can't be who I am. If I allow somebody to change, choose my life, I would not be where I am. You know what I mean? And I would not be able to do what I do as a person, you know? So yeah. I choose not to do that. I choose to, like, you know, stay out of statistical norm of society and, you know, try to break those chains too. Because at the end of the day, the core values of yourself is to break, you know, to 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 dismantle everything that you were taught and understand you for you, you know? And that's the truth. I mean, you know, through childhood, through school, through college, through whatever in our lives, we choose to dismantle and, and like they say in uh, recovery, you know, take what you need and leave the rest. You know, so, <laughs> you know, you just have to do that sometimes. And it's like, you know, that's the whole thing. Um, and, you know, it took me a while to do that as well, you know, because I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, you know, this, this, this. And it's like, but I was growing up very strict. Like, you could not wear pants in church, nothing like that. You could not, not, you know, do this. You couldn't do this. Like, the older girls always had to make sure they were in the house cooking when the young kids play. You know, it was always wow. something. There was so, so yeah there's a whole social dynamic to this you know what i mean so so it, was, it, was like, it was very much like you you're we know you're a girl so this is the role we're going to fit you into yeah. yeah i didn't realize that that just carries on for the whole day yeah like the whole oh yeah it does wow it does you know because the simple fact is that you know when you think about it when you're raised by grandparents or people that you know are older you know, they had this already embedded in them. This is a role of a woman. This is a role of a man. This is the role of the child. You know, mm -hmm. break bread with the man first and the children. Like, what about in my house? house? <laughs> if I had any, if I had children in my house, the kids eat first, the parents eat last. Yeah. You know, simple. I rather nourish my child before you know making sure that they're fed and good than anything else. And personally, that after a while, my grandfather started saying that, like, make sure the kids eat first. I'll be okay. Like wow. my grandmother started looking at him, you know, but she soon understood it. It was because of some of the fact is that he rather make sure that we ate and we were full. And if he needed to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or whatever, he would just do that. You know what Aww. I mean? And that was just my grandfather, you know, and my mother, my grandmother started understanding that, you know, and I think it was because the core values from when they were younger and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it was just, you know, I think after some years, you know, you, you change as a person, especially when you get an older age. You know, and you start looking at shit for what it is. Um, yep. And it's like, you know, you look at our generation now and we're like, I want to, like, what are you thinking? Like, what are you doing? Like, I never did that shit when I was younger. I'll be beat, you know, like, but. <laughs> well, yeah, my, my mom had the church. Like, you didn't want to look at the church face because it was like, when you talk kind of like this, you don't stop that. I'm going to smack you. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Right. You know, and it's like, you know, there's so many things that we can't do that are disciplinary now. I mean, for mm. uh, for kids, but at the end of the day, some kids need it and some kids don't. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just like, where do you draw that line that? Because now our kids are, are rambunctious, they're crazy. I'm sorry. They, they really are. <laughs> like, I, I see kids, I see kids so shit at the 100 bus by my job every day, every day. Yeah, the 100 goes by my office, too. Yeah. Uh, so every day the kids get off of school, they're throwing shit at the buses. They don't care. Yeah. It's, 
It's like nothing, like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, well, where do you draw the line on this? You know, and granted, some things I understand, of course, don't beat your kid half to death, but at the end of the day, you know, punishment and discipline, but yet your kid goes to school and be like, oh, well, mommy took this and the third away from me and I feel some sort of way, but yet you have CPS not at your door the same day. Like, <laughs> I, we can't raise our own kids. We can't raise a society of where, you know, it's different. It is different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's 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 changed. And some things have changed for the good and some have changed for the bad. That's all I can say. You know, I'm not I'm that type of person who's like, yeah, because best believe extension cords, switches and all was on me, you know. And as bad as I am, yeah. <laughs> my mother was like, yeah. No, you're not doing that. You know, so <laughs> trust me. I was gonna say your mom was was had some different opinions from your father on how to raise you. Right. My father was going like, nope, your mom's going to whip your ass and I'm not saying nothing about it. And my mother was a black, black West Indian woman from the South. So. (laughs) (laughs) Really? She's not from New York state. Yeah, she is. She, um, Mm. my mom was born up here, but then my great grandmother, yeah, my grandmother, sorry, not my great grandmother. (laughs) Um, my grandmother had 12 children. So Holy my mom crap. Was a, right, my mom was the last of two, and she was born up here. She stayed with my my grandmother until she was three. Um, things wow. happened, a lot of stuff happened. So then she was put um, down to Mississippi to my grandmother. Then my then my mother came back up here when she was eighteen, because oh, wow. my grandmother down my great grandmother down there had passed away. Came back up here, stayed with her family, and she's been up here ever since. So it's okay. just like you know, back then you think you have twelve children, you know, sometimes that was even hard to do, you know? Um, and my uncle that's right underneath my mom, um, he was sent to my grandmother's sister, my aunt, my great, my great aunt basically, um, because, you know, they just couldn't take care of the kids as properly, you know, as people yeah. think they can, you know? Like people are like, oh, just close your legs, but it's not that easy. You love children, you love your children, you want them to have a life, you know? Um, and it was hard. You want you to know? do everything that you, right. you were not able to do. Right. And my grandmother, you know, of course that heartbroken her and like, um, so basically, yes, like my, my whole life, my mom's been up here and stuff like that. Like, and I kind of felt like in a way, um, certain things, you know, I kind of followed my mom with because, you know, we was moving around so much, but it was a simple fact is that, you know, I feel like this, our statistical world is that if you look at it to raise children when they were my mom's age and to raise children, when my now my mother has children and trying to raise us, it's still hard. It gets harder as the generation goes. So oh, yeah. it's just like, you know, what do you want to do for your children? You know, you have to do the sacrifice of making sure your children have the right things for them, the right proper care, you know, things like that. You know what I mean? And God forbid you put your kids in foster care. They treat your kids like they're nothing but shit these days. Ah, because they get paid for it. I, I wish the screening process was better for Actually, I think that's true, though, now, that the screening process for, for fostering children has gotten so much better. Well, also, I mean, if you're gay in New York State or some other states, oh, they well, let you have a, a dog. You want a, a kid? Human. Yeah. You want a kid? No. Two moms, two dads? No. 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 I'm sorry. Church and state don't mix, right? Never mind. <laughs> right. Don't believe in abortions, but right. sure shit. Not not gonna let you adopt a kid you you gay person right you homo like come on you <laughs> like, what the fuck? i'm like but what i was like you know what i mean and they're like oh but you're single okay but yeah you know i have the means to take care of this child you know i'm showing you i'm you know 
There's not. There's hey, mom. I think. This, I know my kid would probably be like <laughs> out there with me. Yeah. You know, but um, oh, absolutely. You're gonna have like a little teeny, like one of those. I don't know what they're called. Those little right. slinky things. Right. And you're just gonna see the little fist come up every once in a while. Right. <laughs> um, but it's just like you know, it's less like you know these days. Of course, single parent households are getting more common. Oh yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, what I mean, granted, people don't understand. Oh, God, I don't want to get into justice cynicism, but I'm gonna say it anyway. People don't understand why <laughs> black men and black women um are in jail more than any of the right ways right um so we so passed the system's racist but we passed legalization. <laughs> right we passed legalization for marijuana but yet there's same so the same people that are in jail for marijuana sorry hey okay. get away from her. the same people who are in jail for marijuana are still there right and CPS is involved because you brought drugs around your kids. Right. Or, oh, you're a single mom. Why was your kid, you know, outside at 12 o'clock at night? Because I was outside. They wanted to fuck your place in summertime. I, what about if I just got up from work at 10 o'clock? You know what I mean? And I just need a breath of air. I want to sit on my porch. And my kid is up. But my kid is playing right in front of me. What's wrong with that? Sometimes a fresh breath of air to a mom that's been working all day. Sometimes she can only get it at night. And sometimes she can spend quality time with her kid at night. Okay, if it's, if it's if it's on a street block and, block and you know, the mother feels like it's well lit or whatever case may be, you know, she has a porch lights or something, why can't a kid just sit out there and chill or ride a little trinket back or like right around in circles? You know what I mean? We, we pass judgment on so many things in life, but do people even realize that's probably the only time we have to chill with our families and to have some outside time with our family? You know what I mean? Because yeah. Mothers and fathers are single too. It's not just only mo- single mothers out here. There are single fathers out here. It's more yeah. rare, but there are dads out here too. Because if you not notice, our black and brown women are dying from cancer every day, more at an increasingly rate than, of course, white women and and other you know and and others, whatever, Czechoslovakian, so, all that stuff. <laughs> I don't even know. But, but. <laughs> so one of the things that they don't talk about in any kind of women well i shouldn't say ever but i'm going to impart this on people because they don't know we very rarely talk about black and latina women in regards Mm -hmm. to sexual health but for people in the know about i believe it's 75 percent of black women will have ovarian cancer or uterine cancer in their lifetime and i'm one of those people i have so I kept coming up with like um, irregular paps and they were worried about ovarian cancer. And most of the time it's because most women have PCOS. Yeah, I have so, that. Yeah, me too. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> I'm going to start calling myself Victor soon. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the things that we deal with as women and women of color and I mean, but at the, at the end of the day too, you know, when you have things like PCOS, when you have things that your body's just like rejecting from you and you don't know why, you know, what do you do? You know what I mean? And like, you know, you think of the birth rate of black, black and Latino people of color, you think of all these things that social dynamic and, and how even Medicare, Medicaid don't even want you to stay more than a day in the hospital after your child is born. Yeah. That's an insult. I'm sorry because they used to give you at least two days, and if you had a C-section, they at least to give you a, a week. Yeah. yeah, like three, three, yeah, two or three days. It's ridiculous now, you know. So, and it's just like 
you know, going through that timeline and then seeing things like they're like, well, if you don't get these cysts off your ovaries, granted they're dorm always, but if you don't do this, if you don't do that. And they pawn yeah. on black and brown women because there was a point in my life where I didn't need a surgery yet. And I was convinced to have a surgery to get this one small cyst on my ovary. And it oh, wasn't bothering me. I wound up having to get the surgery because I thought it was something and then turned out to be nothing. And now here I am now. Now I have to get the surgery all over again because now I have three more on my left ovary and now I got to go back in, you know, and it's just like, you know, I feel like, I feel like I was a pawn, you know, cause the more I learn yeah. about my health as a, as a person, the more I look into things, the more I study things, I'm like, you didn't have to fucking do that because you're you didn't have to do that. You know, like, are you serious? Because I have Medicaid because, you know, and all this other stuff, and you want to get the, the, the works out of the Medicaid, but yet you tell me I have to be in a sterile environment, but hit two other people in the same room as me because that's a three bedroom or three, three bedroom, three, three person patient unit or two person patient right. unit. Because again, you're not white. And, <laughs> and, and do black and Latina women have access to good health care? Do they have access to insurance? Are they going to see somebody who's competent? It, culturally competent to work with black and Latina women as patients. No, they're not. Are, are they, are they going to have, have, is your patient going to stable enough environment to recuperate from surgery? Yeah. And let's not tell talk them about all of the things that could possibly go wrong with the surgery. Let's not talk about them being competent of our LGBTQIA plus community and pronouns. Well, that doesn't even register anymore either. I'm like, wait, Oasis. All these other people, hello, you want to give me all this other shit to study? Teach other people. Why, as me as an employee, have to teach other people about pronouns and why these pronouns are theirs and how the that's your job, right? <laughs> and it's just like, well, yeah, that's some of my job, yes. But it's just like, you know, oh, okay. if, no, no, it is. But it's like, you know, it's more to that. But it's like, you know, if, say if I work somewhere else, you know what I mean? Why can't you, you know, and my thing was, you know, the oasis and certain other places, why can't you make something where it's not just cultural co competency, but it's also LGBT, you know, around that pronouns, mm -hmm. um, affiliation, whatever the case may be. And granted, yes, we yeah, have so many of these days, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the first question you should be asking a person before they walk through the door is, hey, um, just want to know what are your pronouns? Right. Why, why can't we do that? I, I but I kind of feel like, Dave, they're like, okay, we, we know Sunny is uh, part of the LGBTQIA plus movement. So hey, she's going to be the token person to talk about all things gay. Yes, that's yes. You. That's literally what it is. Yes. Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, you just sent me outside. Okay, cool. But like, you know, like, and that's literally what it is. You know, I felt personally, I felt like any job that I have had, yes. I'm the token person. I'm the spokeswoman for the LGBTQIA plus community when it comes to stuff because like you, that. You know everybody in the community, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and your experience is the same as all the other queer people in right. the whole city. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And when it's just like, I'm like, what? what? Okay, that's part of my job description now. No, like even when I had jobs that wasn't part of my description, I'm just like, what happened? Like, you know, um, and it's just like, I didn't, I, I don't know. It's like, sometimes you feel like you don't know how crucial it is to have you until you know how crucial it is to have you, especially in certain right. places, you know? And it's just like, 
I didn't know. I mean, just because I look at stuff like even before I started community matters, matters, I was like, I'm not going to be political. And I'm like, fuck, I have to be political. (laughs) Because it touches on so many other things that you wanted to do, right? Yeah, like you, 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 you're accountable, (laughs) you know, like. (laughs) But, you know, you know, you just don't want to get into that because you feel like it's about community. But yeah, being political in in some stages, you have to be, you know. Absolutely. And and it sucks, but it's like, I hate politics. And I just want to grab them by their throat sometimes. I'm like, are you serious? Like, you got education and you had like, you got educated, okay? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, (laughs) you know, that's the type of thing. And I just like, how? Like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so our, our time has come to an end unfortunately Thank you. oh where can people donate send money send things that you need for community matters inc yes so if you look up on facebook community matters inc um our web page is there also our cash app and vmo is there but i'll also say uh the cash app so the cash app is vf community matters um and you'll see the community matters logo come up um, and the VMO is 518 Community Matters. Or, I'll put or, all that in our, oh, sorry. Yeah. Or it's, I think it's Community Matters 518. <laughs> okay. I'll put it on I'll go and I'll check it before I put that information in the show notes because, yes. hey, the summer's coming up. They, you yes. guys need volunteers. We, we, and, yes. hey, and um, if, what was I going to say? <laughs> Thank you for your time. I really no, appreciate, I appreciate it. You. It's such a I pleasure did. to talk to you. And if you could follow us along on Instagram at birds and peace, but birds mm-hmm. and peace pod, please like rate and review my podcast. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Look, we both yeah, can't speak now. <laughs> I got my mar- mouth is full of marbles today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if if you would like to be a guest, have a question or comment, please email me at birdsandbeespod at gmail.com. Again, I thank you. It was such no a problem. pleasure. You have a good no night. Problem. Be kind no. to yourself. Of course. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, but... I don't know what I did. Oh, I have to hit it.